It's time now for Pickin' and Puttin' with Clay Smith's quantitative anthology of stories behind the songs we know and love to hear and just how they evolve. Plus, a stroke of genius from Dr. Rick Zollinger, a golf nut who will present qualitative narratives from the pages of his own case studies in golf. It's Pickin' and Puttin'. Hello, everybody. Clay Smith. Welcome to Pickin' and Puttin', along with my fabulous co-host, Dr. Rick Zollinger. Dr. Z, good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Pickin' and Puttin'. <laughs> you have a very, very special guest. We, we're, we're honored to have your guest with us today. Yeah, we've got today we got Gary Soba. He's the uh, tournament director of the Wells Fargo Championship here in Charlotte at Quail Hollow Club. And... Uh, as you all know, it's a top five, ten tournament on the tour. Guys look forward to it. It's run like class. And I think you'll really get a kick out of talking to Gary today. He's a wonderful guy. I had an opportunity to play golf with him and had a ball. I sucked, but that's okay. Oh, Lord, he survived you, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, that's, you know, that's hard to do. Yeah. Welcome, hey, I Gary. I got a shout-out first. First, we got a shout-out to DJ as the FedEx champ and, uh, you know, all that other stuff, player of the year. But here's the tip of the day. So I read this in the paper, and Gary, you probably read this. There was an article about the Open. And you know the most famous member at Wingfoot? His name was Mr. Mulligan. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's fantastic. He, he threw a ball down, and he hit another ball, and all his playing partners said, what the heck are you doing? He said, I'm hitting a correction shot. And they said, well, what are you going to call that? And he says, uh, Mulligan. And uh, of course, he Gary, Gary, welcome to the hot seat on picking and putting. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate you guys having me on, and I like floating mulligans, although they're yeah, not. They legal. Might, yeah, well, hit till happy. Got, well, they have to travel, that's for sure. <laughs> well, the, the table's yours, Gary. If you got something you want to, anything you want to talk about specifically, or how the tournament, or how this year has changed what you do, or. Sure, that's that's a that's a good opener. But first of all, let's talk about kind of from a macro level, just golf right now. The popularity of golf is at an all-time high. When you look at certainly COVID, golf is one of the things that people could do. So, play is at record levels. Uh, club sales are at record levels. Viewership is at record levels. So, when you look at all the pandemic and the things that have the, the problems been golf, golf has kind of been a beneficiary. So, when you look at coming back and you look at the ratings. It's amazing how many professional sports the ratings are down, but not golf. Golf, and, and this week, you know, we talked about it earlier. It's it, it is, it's almost uh, surreal to have the U.S. Open played in September, and yeah, and within a, a couple right. months, we're going to have another major, the Masters, in November. So, uh, right. golf itself, from a macro level, is an all-time popularity. The Wells Fargo Championship, as you know, uh, was postponed this year. Uh, was not held due to COVID. Uh, we are excited. It will be back at Quail Hollow next May. There's been some pretty significant changes in the tour schedule the last couple of years with the President's Cup, with the Ryder Cup, so forth. With the Ryder Cup being delayed this year to 21, the President's Cup, which was going to be hosted at Quail in 21, is at Quail Hollow, will be now in 22. So it impacted our schedule. We were going to be in Washington, D.C. at TPC Potomac next year. That now will be in 22, and we're thrilled to be back at Quail Hollow in the spring of 21, May 3 through 9, to be able to host the, uh, the Wells Fargo Championship. And you mentioned it is one of the better events on the tour. 
It, last year in 2019, we won the Players' Choice Award, and the players only vote on one tournament as their favorite. We were just delighted and excited and thrilled to win. Yeah, well that's, deserved. That's, well that's deserved. Great. Congratulations. Th thank you. Thank you very much. That's hard gonna, work, man. I was going <laughs> to ask a question. I know Clay's got questions he wanted to ask you, but I wanted to ask a question in particular. I agree with you on that because I think, I think what's amazing about golf, yes, it's outdoors, but I have a feeling compared to all the social interaction on the other tours, there's, it, it, it's a little more uh, Teflon-like and done with a touch of class what the guys do. But I'd also like to think that what golf's going to do, and maybe you can give us some insight, they have an opportunity here. I know CBS was trying to do that, to open up, and, and the players are going to have to participate as independent contractors, but open up about, good golly, I don't know whether they have, you know, drone cameras and they interview like they do on the senior tour, but they have a real opportunity, I think, to really put themselves out even farther ahead right now as the other pro sports are taking a hit. But that's just me talking there. No, I'm with you. I think personalities and probably the sport that drives it as much as any is NASCAR. Uh, golf and NASCAR, <laughs> I wouldn't compare the two. Uh, yeah. Obviously, both great in their own right. But I do believe that there is the human interest story tied to specific players. I'll use an example, Gary uh, Woodland last year with the, you know, the uh, young lady in Phoenix, you know, who came oh, out and birdied the hole. And awesome. it was just, oh, it was heartwarming. And then, you know, they went to CBS Studios after he won the U.S. Open, and uh, Amy was there. And, and it's those kind of things that I think capture the market and the feel-good stories in America that we really, really relish. Yeah, I, it's just like the support they showed for Camila Villegas and his, his wife. You know, I mean, I, the, the tour to me seems like, like you said, it's like NASCAR. It's a family. Uh, and they travel together every week. And but, Well, the one thing that's unique and people don't know, the PGA Tour is all about charity. You know, the Wells Fargo Championship has given more than $23 million back, and, and there's no profits kept. You, yes, you have reserves, but everything is to generate and, and support local charities. So that's what's wonderful about the tour, and, and, you know, that's what's painful about this year. We were not able to, to give as much. We still gave away a half a million dollars locally. But, you know, comparatively, comparatively we could give away 2 to $3 million a year to those in need in your local marketplace, and, and we've been able to benefit Charlotte a great deal, and we look forward to getting back to those levels. Got to be the way the PGA keeps their nonprofit status. <laughs> millions and millions and millions. No, you have to be a partner in the community. No question about that. You guys have been great. Um, part. What are what are part of the challenges? I know with COVID nineteen and whatnot, with the regulations from the CDC, et cetera. Um, I know there are guidelines. Of what the uh, PGA has certain. Um, benchmarks you guys adhere to that and go a little bit farther um, we don't know where we're headed in 2021 we hope that we return to what we knew as a normal but this new normal is very uh, oh boy it's getting old <laughs> Clay that's a really good question we had a tour this week there's there's really three key components first and foremost is safety you know player safety patron safety you know, anybody you bring out. Second is trying to, you know, hey, let's talk, let's talk revenue. It's trying to secure and save as much revenue as possible. Let's be obvious. Exactly. And the exactly. third then is optics, you know, just the optically, you know, you see a mass humanity without masks. You know, right. I think we all right now just kind of, you know, there's a little bit of a frown or, or concern. Yeah. They have told us right now we can expect to have roughly 20% of our normal gallery as of today. Wow. Um, so, you know, when we draw, you know, 
the, yeah. the, the PGA here had 60,000. Now things could change, but that, that would mean we, we might only be able to have 12,000 people. And that includes all the hospitality, the premium seating, pro-ams, all those type of, of folks that come to the, uh, come to the event, which, you know, we can, we can execute and operate at an event with, with that level of folks, but we're yeah. hoping that with a vaccine, things change and we can have a normal event. But right now trying to determine what do we build? How large do we build it? You know, who can we entertain? Those are the questions that daily, and, and, it, and as you know, it changes every week. But as of this week, the three key components were, uh, were a capacity component, certainly safety, optics, uh, and trying to dovetail all those things to make it work. What do you think is going to happen with um, – Clay and I have talked about all the professional sports contracts in a previous – time coming up and rolling over with, you know, TV, different Fox, NBC, ABC, all this stuff. What do you think is the future in terms of a, of a market or a tournament like ours in terms of the sponsorship? You know, ours is sponsored by a major bank, but do you think those are going to downsize or that's a, that's a, that, that's a, that's a real, really good question. I don't have a crystal ball, but, but, you know, being a title sponsor of any event, I mean, it, it is, it's an expensive endeavor. You know, there's great benefits that go to that. There's great value and benefits tied to it, but uh, I don't think I know the answer to that. I, I, I do think there's going to be a reset across the board, I think, in athletics, yeah. professional athletics, and I would not be surprised if there's a reset as it relates to public funding of venues. You know, I, I think right now, infrastructure and, and, and school system, uh, maybe we've, we've, we've kind of got it right again, and I think we've got to get our priorities in order um, and, and I do feel like that, that there could be a reset there. As it relates to the corporate dollar, uh, you know, the golf tournament, when you get the nationwide exposure, there's great value there for companies. So uh, truth be told, I, I, I can't answer it. The PGA Tour did already renegotiate their TV contract. So I credit Commissioner Monaghan. It starts in 22. So from a TV component, golf is in a very good position. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Staying ahead of the curve. You got to do it. That's great. Yeah, what are some of the hear, it's better than to hear flatten the curve. Amen. <laughs> hey, beyond be, beyond the uh, economics uh, and so forth. And of course, you know, I've been related to the broadcasting business for years, and understand we we live and die by the numbers. But uh, you're exactly right. The numbers are great for golf this year, and that kind of stopped somewhat of a trend uh, that had been going on for the previous five years. So I think it's been a salvation. I hope it's sparking some enthusiasm for golf as well. Uh, participation, as we know, there's been attrition there, but there's been a great, you know, a spurt uh, in in terms of a real positive coming from ages six and up. Uh, I think 12, nearly 12 million kids have come along in, in the previous few years, which is awesome. I mean, that's that's where it's at. And I think anything that you guys do is from a tournament standpoint to encourage kids and families and put them in that uh, limelight, I think that only inspires them for the future. Well, that's, I mean, like the first tee is awesome. I When I think of the first tee and I think of uh, uh, Charlotte now, and I don't know that he ever participated, but I, I'm just a diehard fan of HV3, you know, Harold Varner from Gastonia. <laughs> and, you know, that's, 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 the, that's a great face for golf now. And, and in young people. And I also think parents are, parents don't want their kids playing football now. They're, you know, they're pushing towards independent sports. Uh, you know, even soccer has some trauma to it. But How do you look at that, Gary? 
Oh, there's no question. We're very involved with, with the first tee. You know, we think the diversity and inclusion is very important to our sport. You know, we think kids getting out and, and playing and, and having an opportunity, you know, to kind of get bit, I always call it bitten by the bug. You know, you go out and have a yeah, good definitely. round and kids want to play more. Exactly. And uh, so all those things are really, really critical to kind of not only the future of, of golf, but the future of our tournament. And we focus a great deal on, you know, the first tee is one of our major benefactors uh, for us to, to, to give back. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things, it's kind of a grassroots campaign. You, you, you win the battles one at a time. That's right. And I think once kids get introduced to it, boy, they love it. And, no uh, you know, I think, I think the one thing I love about golf is we have great role models. Yes. You look through, you know, I can just go several years ago when JT and Jordan oh. Spieth and all the, oh. and, and Brooks all came on the tour at the same time and dealing with the guys personally, they're fantastic people. Yes. And that's, that's the nice thing. You know, you don't, don't typically, you talk about Harold Garner. I mean, you talk, he's just a superstar. And Charlotte has superstars. Webb, and you know, you've got Mackenzie right. Hughes, you know, has been fantastic and, exactly. and qualified for the tour championship. So well, he's you know, running up on Lake Norman now or something. Yeah. He, he, belongs, uh, he belongs to Piper Glen. Oh, does he really? Okay. Yeah, he plays with All Richard. Right. And then you look at a, you look at a Brendan Todd who we gave an exemption to two years ago whose career was down and out you know from Green Hope went to University of Georgia and, and we gave right. an exemption to and he and Doc Redman both an exempt play tied for 19th and made nearly hundred thousand dollars here and it was critical for them to maintain their card so it's such right. a great area of golf. Don't you think that I I think that's how many sponsors exemptions do you have for a tournament four or five or what? You you, you get eight and I will tell you you have four unrestricted. I four could go to the three of us plus anybody else. There's four that are totally <laughs> wide open. Don, sign two, me up. <laughs> there, are, there are two that are tied to the Greta PGA Tour status. You know, it'd be like, I'll use an example. We've given one to Johnson Wagner, you know, locally, right. who's, who's won right. twice on the tour. Right. And then you have two that are tied to the web.com tour, um, which, which, you know, I, I still call it the web.com, now the Corn Ferry. Yep. But if, if in, a, in a fat status, if everybody from that status wants to, is in your tournament, those two open and become unrestricted. So four unrestricted is kind of the key component. Two restricted, then two go to the Corn Ferry. Oh, that's pretty cool. You guys keep working on your game and know that I've got some, some spots. unrestricted spots available. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna we have all to, know that. <laughs> you know that, that gin thing? I'm going to have to change that. <laughs> hey, come on now. I'm going to have to drop a digit. Hey, Gary, I ask you a hard one with all the social unrest going on in the country, and you spoke about, you know, you guys are all about diversity. What, what you know, I know the tour put out a statement about um, Black Lives Matter, et cetera. Um, what, what do you say to the naysayers that say, okay, golf is an elitist sport. You know, that's at a country club where I'll never belong or ever be able to go play golf. Um, how do you speak to that voice in the grandstand? But I don't think we can change things overnight. I think we've got to get uh, young uh, kids out playing that, that really start to enjoy the game. And I think it's a grassroots effort that you win, you know, you know, one player at a time, one child at a time, that then that mushrooms and their friends come out and so forth. So I don't know that it's generational, but I think, again, that I, I hope five years from now, 10 years from now, and I know – Long-term seems to be tomorrow yeah. in, in today's society. Right. But I think through the course of time, you know, the Harold Varners and others. But I, I think it's, it's all our responsibility to try to, to, to do that. I know as a tournament, we are being very intentional about uh, the inclusion piece and uh, trying to do things. We just don't know how many fans we can have at our, 
our event, but but we do have two or three programs already started that uh, that provide the diversity. Uh, with that attitude, we'll all come together eventually. It's an evolution in play. Well, I a lot think of the bad stuff gets all the press. We well, we all know that. I think it's been fun to see the evolution with Tiger and the young guys. You know, like he said, he you literally watched Tiger evolve in terms of the relation. That's Tiger because Tiger was a, a, you know, he's a a focused. Uh, I don't remember if Jack was like Tiger was, but I what I was getting at was the personality. Tiger's good. You know, his personality's come out now. He he's more open. He 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 plays with Justin all the time and he likes Ricky. I mean, it's just kind of fun to see that. I, I kind of enjoy it. I think you're right, uh, Gary. I think it's, it's going to take time and, um, and kids, one kid at a time and kids are colorblind. They don't, they don't born that way. They learn, they learn. So I but Gary, I, really I've been great. around Quail Hollow since the seventies and uh, I was there even when the Kemper ended its run. And uh, Kemper was in Washington. So we went from Charlotte to Washington. They stayed there. Now, you're not going to go up to Avenel and not come back. Clay, I'm not moving. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to have a temporary residence up there. But my driver's license is going to say North Carolina. And I'm going to vote in North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be kidding. <laughs> That's great. Well, I think, so I think that part for you has been got to have been difficult this year. Definitely. I mean, the only the only job harder than yours flip flopping like this is to be the greenskeeper. At, oh my God! Well, that's true at, too. At the side of the Wells Fargo. That begs, well, begs one point. How about Muirfield uh, Village, Jack's place, uh, hosting back to back events? That would have yeah. been a difficult task, right? No, no question. I think we would love the challenge, but I tell you what, work with Mr. Harris is fantastic. He has done a phenomenal job of, of promoting golf and bringing great events to the community. And I, I need to say, I inherited a great situation. Kip Huffam and so forth, they'd done such a wonderful job of running this tournament forever. So it was just coming in and trying to, you know, tweak it and make it a little bit better. Uh, and, uh, and that's been our goal to try to drive the revenue side of the equation uh, to make the economics of the tournament uh, just work better because these things are expensive, you know, and purses are large and that's right. And all the key components, you know, cars and so forth. You know, it's interesting. You, you dig into a P and L of a golf tournament and there are a lot of things you might not dream up in, in, oh in safety. God. We've got 2,500 volunteers and our, wow. you know, our ambassadors are as, as the finest in the country. You know, we have no so doubt. many wonderful people that love working this event. No doubt about it. Well, it's well, interesting. You know, Jack brought milkshakes. Maybe you can bring sweet tea and boat handles <laughs> to the locker room. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Who knows? You know, go with it. I, I, you know, I don't know. Hey, Gary, Gary, commendation is well in order, and uh, we compliment you for all that you're doing. You go the extra mile. The Player's Cho Choice Award says it all. And, uh, of course, we're all mighty proud of the venue and uh, what it, it holds in store for everyone who visits and attends, and the players dearly love it. So uh, my compliments to you. Keep up the great work. I oh, hope thank this you. economy keeps rolling in the right direction. hope you can keep involving the right kind of people uh, doing the right thing. So, Well, Charlotte's got so many kind people. I just feel blessed and fortunate to have the position. Well-deserved. Yeah, we're glad to have you, and, I, and we enjoyed having you on the on the show. I got you want me to give you my quote of the week? Lay Please do. Okay, you guys are gonna like this. Is Dean Martin. Oh boy! It's, it says, "If you drink, don't drive. Don't even putt." <laughs>
<laughs> although, although there are a lot of people that might take issue with that and say it helps their putting. I'm not going to say about claws and all that, but you know. Gary Soba, everybody. Gary, where can, can they write you, email you? Where can they find the Wells Fargo Championship? It's very easy. Gary with one R, G-A-R-Y, at wellsfargochampionship.com. Awesome. Awesome. We really thank you guys. Best of luck in the future. We'll have you back. We'll talk. Love your show. Love your show. Hey, we appreciate you coming on the show, man. Gary Soba, everybody. We be picking and putting with Gary Soba. Have a good week.